We're back. We're back. <laughs> Neither think of an, a different way to start this. I know. I've been thinking of this. Show. If we don't have a good sign on or sign off, we just kind of begin and end. But seems seems <laughs> on character. Hello. We, goodbye. Yeah. We just arrive. barge on in yeah anyway almost very close very close to the one year anniversary of this podcast we're celebrating it with who we started it with i know which is emily henry our girl our girl happy place came out as we're recording this it came out a week and a half ago yes we are recording this on a thursday it came out on a tuesday last week so by the time it comes out by the time this episode is out, the book will have been out for two full weeks. Yes. So hopefully you've all read it. Yes. We each read it in like a day. Yes. I sped through this one like I haven't sped through a book in a while. Yeah. You finished it like days before I did. I did. That's right. And we got it on the same day. I was very busy that week, but you, I was still amazed. Mm-hmm. I did. It took Look me two days. And it wasn't even a Kindle read, which I feel like I'm much faster on a Kindle read than a print read. Me too. And so this was a print read. I did it all in two days. I think I read the first two thirds the day I picked it up, which I picked it up after work on the day it came out and then just read for like three hours and then finished it the next day. Did you see the girl on TikTok that was like showing the different versions of the book? (gasps) No. Like the Target one versus the Barnes and Noble one versus the something else one, like the normal one, I guess. And she said that the normal one is pink when you take the sleeve off. And so I rushed in here. It is not pink and neither is yours. It's yellow and white. And I want the fucking pink one. Yeah, who's got the pink one? Where'd you acquire it? Let us know. Also, I want the Target one because it has a bonus chapter in it. Yeah. So I either need to acquire it or I need to go sit in Target for 30 minutes. So you I can have read the it. signed one. Let me see the signature. Um, She has a beautiful signature. Does she? Oh, yes. It's a... It's... One of those E's that looks like a three. Mm-hmm. It's a curvy E. And then just some squiggles. Yes. But it is a beautiful signature. It is beautiful. And the hardcover without the desk cover does have pink letters. Mm, pink and they're shiny. shiny letters, which I like. Anyway, I hadn't been paying attention to that until I saw that TikTok. And I was like, well, now I want the pink one. There was our unboxing video of Happy Place by Emily Henry. Yes. I got it. Yeah. Shout out to book people who gave me a signed copy, even though I pre-ordered a regular one and I just swapped them out when I went there. That's so, very kind yes. of them. I got mine from Bookshop and, uh, you know, which I love, but I should have gotten it from book people because I didn't know a signed copy was an option. Well, I didn't either. And I went inside to pick up my pre-ordered copy and I went to the romance section, you know, just for kicks. And then I see this big giant stack and they've all got the signed copy stickers on them. And I was like, well, shit, I want that one. So I took it to the front and I was like, hey, I'm going to be really annoying, but can I exchange (laughs) my pre-ordered copy for a signed copy? And the guy was super nice about it. He was like, I don't know why we didn't just make all the pre-ordered copies signed copies. I feel like that's usually how it goes anyway. Is it? I wouldn't know. I've never actually pre-ordered a book from book people before this. Well, I don't know about book people, but I feel like a lot of pre-ordered books that I pre-order are signed. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Well, he was happy to do it for me. Shout out to book people. Well. Here we are. Should we get into it? 
Yes. So this one is hard. We were talking before we started recording. This one's hard for us to walk through because it's like a dual. It's not even really a dual timeline. It's like a single timeline with like a bunch of flashbacks that are kind of all over the timeline. Yeah, you're right. So it isn't. You're right. It isn't really dual timeline. It is one timeline flashbacks. Right. It's like a movie. <laughs> That's the second time today someone's quoted that. No way. (laughs) That's my favorite quote of the year is Harry Styles. My favorite thing about it feels like a movie. That it feels like a movie. Okay, so all we knew going into this was that it was friend group, second chance, romance, fake dating, fake dating, trip. Yes. So we were already, you know, fully in. Should we um, read the blurb again before we get started? Yeah. Harriet and Wynne have been the perfect couple since they met in college. They go together like salt and pepper, honey and tea, lobster and rolls. Except now, for reasons they're still not discussing, they don't. They broke up five months ago and still haven't told their best friends. Which is how they find themselves sharing a bedroom at the main cottage that has been their friend group's yearly getaway for the last decade. Their annual respite from the world, where for one vibrant, blissful week, they leave behind their daily lives have copious amounts of cheese, wine, and seafood, and soak up the salty coastal air with the people who understand them most. Only this year, Harriet and Wynne are lying through their teeth while trying not to notice how desperately they still want each other, because the cottage is for sale and this is the last week they'll all have together in this place. They can't stand to break their friends' hearts, and so they'll play their parts. Ooh, it rhyme. Ooh. <laughs> Harriet will be the driven surgical resident who never starts a fight, and Wynne will be the laid-back charmer who never lets the cracks show. It's a flawless plan if you look at it from a great distance and through a pair of sunscreen-smeared sunglasses. After years of being in love, how hard can it be to fake it for one week in front of those who know you best? The answer is very hard. Yes, as we learn. (laughs) As we learn. So the book starts with Harriet literally landing in Maine. And her friend, the second I... Uh, there's always like this moment at the beginning of an Emily Henry book where I'm, I'm where I'm like, you got me. Yep. I'm in. And it was when her friend Sabrina is holding a sign like you do at the airport when you're waiting to pick up someone or whatever. And it says, say it's Carol Singers. Yes. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> mine was the same moment. I mean, I was always going to be in. But mine was the same moment for a different reason, because it calls um, Sabrina's handwriting serial killer handwriting. Yes. Which I have serial killer handwriting. It's not that bad. It's not great. It's not great. But I appreciate the um, bad handwriting representation when it comes up, because... It's a little childlike. Mine? Yeah. Oh. Ow. Not in a bad way. Childlike is worse than serial killer? (laughs) Uh, I feel a little less infantilized being it's, a serial killer versus a that's child. That's true. It's more like, um, I don't know. I feel like everyone still has the same handwriting that they had in high school. I know I do. Mm, yeah. Mine is a nice little combination of uh, print and cursive yeah. at times. And so it is highly illegible <laughs> a lot of the time. I understand it. Yeah. Um, With practice. Yes. Yeah. I know, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I get there. Context clues. Yeah, so it literally starts in Maine already. Which kind of surprised me. I thought we'd get a little more backstory, but I literally opened the book and it's like she's on the plane with um, Sober Ray, the, pri- the pilot, the former alcoholic pilot. Right. And we and then we do get the backstory because of the flashbacks, but we just get everything else first. 
Yes, if you've read People We Meet on Vacation, this one is very similarly formatted. Yes. Like almost yes. forward is, and backward. Yes, forward and backward. Yeah. One timeline, but flashbacks. So, so yeah. here we are. And so, you know, we know that Harriet has this ex um, who's not supposed to be at the trip. Yes. And then surprise, he is. Yes. Surprise, Which feels surprise. weird at first until you realize that they're all like best, best, best friends. Yes. Because I'm like, why is this guy here if they like... How, like and then you're like oh they're like all a big friend group together independently of their relationships yes so it cleo sabrina and harriet were roommates their freshman year at this little tiny fake college in vermont yeah and then they meet parth who is now who was a roommate who was a roommate and then is now with sabrina and then there's win who became a was roommate was also a roommate yes became a roommate when Harriet was studying abroad. Yeah. And then Kimmy, who is Cleo's partner. Yes. Never a roommate, later addition, but fits right in. Yes. Still an equal friend. Yes. I also found it weird at first because I didn't, I was like, how is she playing off that she doesn't know how he is? And then you realize when and Harriet, even when they were together at this point, did not live in the same city. Yeah. They had a long distance relationship because she is a surgical resident has a high-powered job he's caring for his mom Mm -hmm. yeah she's going to be a brain surgeon as we learn so so wins there he is there to her surprise and then it's very quickly revealed there's like all the action of this book is in the first like 30 pages i feel like it happens very quickly yeah big reveals (laughs) so we learn the house is being sold so this is like a family house of sabrina's that like belongs to her dad Sabrina's like mad wealthy. We She's discover. an heiress. Yes. Um, she wears designer clothing. It's all very fancy. Yes. Um, we learn the house is being sold. Sabrina and Parth are engaged and they're getting married at the end of the week. Yes. At And that's why everyone is here. Even though they do this trip every year, that's why like they like made sure Wynn was there and like all this. Yes. Because Wynn initially had said he wasn't going to go he made some excuse because they had agreed that Harriet was going to go. Right. And he would the do breakup. the next one. Yeah. And they were going to take turns doing the trips or whatever. Yeah. But he got wrangled into it. Right. So. Okay. First of all, Mike, the question I posed to you, and I think this made me have a bit of a tiny hard time getting really invested into this book early on. Okay. Mm, um. In, invested beyond just it's Emily Henry and I know I'm going to love it, right? Right. Um, the idea that they've been broken up for months and none of her best friends know is the least believable thing that has ever <laughs> happened in a romance novel. Is that just a me thing because I tell you every thought that's on my mind at all times of the day or night? Ooh, this is a great question. I understood a little bit would I ever be able to do this? No. Do I know anybody in my friend group who would be able to do this? Right. No. Right. I think it's only at least a little believable because they're all in different cities. Sure. Sure. Like. I think I would last like a few days. I Because you got to. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, I doubt that I would actually last a few days, but I think at most I would last a few days. Yes. Not five months. No. Which is where we're at here. It's like, 
literally the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened in a romance novel for me. Yeah. I think what's even more unbelievable of it is that neither of them have said anything. Like, both of them. He's a man. Well, I don't know. But, like, (laughs) he and Parth are, like, best friends. Yeah. And then she, they kind of make it clear that she's kind of drifted from everyone because she's so busy. Right. And is very much in the, I'm shoving my emotions down so I can continue to be a brain surgical resident. Right. And, you know, I think when kind of did the same thing. Right. Um. This is also in the camp of people. I'm like, how do you withhold information? How do you not know want to know like what's going on every minute of every day? Also. I know. That that's that like none of this just and like also like if we lived in different states and you suddenly stopped talking to me, I would just fucking show up. Yeah. You know? I yeah. would be like, <laughs> Okay, it's an emergency. Here I go. That's a comforting thought. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I get that different people are different or whatever. But like if one of my friends straight up dropped off the face of the earth, like a best, best, best friend. Mm -hmm. By like week three, I would be like, I've called the police (laughs) and I'm arriving. We're doing a wellness check. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. I I didn't have as hard of a time getting over that hump. More of I got I had a harder time of. These people aren't together right now. I'm already really fucking sad. Yeah. This is a very melancholy one. It was. It was. And I was feeling kind of melancholy already, so I had to sit in it for a little while. Mm -hmm. It even made me feel more melancholy because this was like an engaged couple who called off an engagement. Mm -hmm. I am currently engaged. That's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. So... It's it's a sadder one. It is sad. I w- like for, for like a big chunk of this I was like, "Emily, are you okay?" I know. It's <laughs> like, "Are you doing all right?" You know, with the, she, we get there in the end. It's okay. But right. It, it a lot of it is really like It was it was really just deeply sad. sad. Yeah. Um so then pretty early on we figure out that it's this like split timeline kind of deal. We're flashing back. The way that the, the way that it's formatted in the book is actually really cute. I really like it. Yeah. Um. They the chapters that are present day are called. Uh, well, not even the places that are the ones that are present day. They're called uh, real life. Real life. Yeah, real life. And then the flashbacks are happy place. So the idea is that the happy place is her relationship. Wow. Yeah. Oof. It's Tough sad, stuff. y'all. Tough stuff, guys. Tough stuff. So pretty early on, we, you know, we've got, we've learned that they take this trip every year to Maine. Uh, one, also, I noticed very quickly, it's a fucking mansion. Cottage is very uh, misleading. Yeah, I was picturing it being a lot more quaint. No. Than it is. I was picturing, like, lake houses my family used to go to where there are fucking mm-hmm. bugs crawling out of the floor and whatnot. This is not that. It's a mansion. There's a pool. There's a wine cellar. Uh, Wynn and Harriet are given the master suite where there is, uh, what does she call it? I think like fuck palace or something because there's a shower directly in the room. It's not in the bathroom. Yeah, like it's not like it's all one big open space basically. Just made for having sex. Yeah. And so she's like, fuck. Yep. Um, so we get we get an only one bed, which you have in all caps here in our little outline. We burr, 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 burr. Yeah. <laughs> and so then after the big reveal of like Sabrina and Parth are getting married, 
This is a happy celebratory week. Sabrina is a little crazy. Yes. <laughs> Sabrina kind of reminded me of Libby, of her being a character that frustrated me. Yes. She, although maybe it's I see a little bit of myself in her, she can be very uptight. Uh, she wants everyone on a schedule. Sabrina's got a full itinerary for everybody. Which is a little wild. Yes. Um, okay, not wild to have the art itinerary because I do this. Wild to share it. I'm like, we keep that shit to ourselves. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> you know, I like people knowing what's going on. Yeah. There's something. Also, Sabrina is a divorce lawyer, had talked frequently about how she never wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. And here we are at her wedding. Yes. It thinks it feels like Sabrina is a little off the rails, which we will find out later that she is. Yes. Um, she's just very stressed about all these changes in her life and is sort of grasping at straws. Wow, what a mood. Yeah, but at the beginning, we just think that she's a little crazy. Which, yes. Which, also that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we learn about Maine and this cottage that is also very special to Harriet and Wynne, it's like where they first met. Harriet mm -hmm. was studying abroad when Wynne started living with Parth and Cleo and Sabrina and returned to Maine after her study abroad to win picking her up instead of Sabrina because Sabrina and Cleo got too drunk. So that's how they meet. Yes. So they have, uh, they get, they are concerned about Sabrina's well being, it seems. Yes. So they decide that they cannot tell anyone that they've broken up and they're just going to pretend like everything is good and fine and normal. Also an absolutely batshit decision. Yes. It's all... I can't wrap my head around it. Again, I realize these books are not reality, but sometimes some of the stuff I'm like, come on. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone could do this. No. Because they like... So we only get Harriet's perspective, of course. We don't really get wins in any mm -hmm. real way. And Harriet, like... She's she has like a physical visceral reaction to even just being in the same space as him. Yes. Also, if these are people who have known you forever, aren't they going to take one look at you and be like, something's off? Right. That was the other thing, too. I was like, they're going to look at them and be like, why are you guys being so fucking weird? Yeah. Like, why won't you look at each other? Why yeah. won't you touch each other? Come on. Because apparently on? Wynn is a very touchy feely man. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But this is what they decide. They're going to be together until, I think they're like, we'll just tell everyone after the trip. We're right. just going to get through the trip. Right. They're like, we got to get through the wedding. We can't ruin this for Sabrina and Parth. Which that is valid, I guess. I don't know. I can't wrap my head around the decision making. Um, but Sabrina continues to be batshit. Yes. And is like, we have all these traditions and we must do them all perfectly, exactly how I want them. This is why I think you and I both identify with Sabrina so much because you and I get really tied up in shit like this of like, this is how I imagine that it's supposed to be and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> I'm having an uncomfortable moment right now I mean, thinking about it. It's how we both are. It just is. It is. It is true, and especially that she has assigned this big meaning to it being their last hurrah at this cottage. We kind of learn cottage, quote unquote. Yeah. We kind of learn this is the only place she actually feels at home. Her right. dad has had like a bazillion wives. And this place is like 
one of the few consistents yes. in her life. And now it's going away. So I understand her batshitness. Yes. Absolutely. But, but it is it is batshit. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Hard to read. Whatever. Meanwhile, Cleo and Kimmy are farmers. Yes. They're like living in upstate New York, like living their best life. Yeah. Like legit farmers. Actual farmers. Yeah. yeah. I love it. They're adorable. Yeah. Um, other things about this first section. Uh, Harriet thinks that Wynn is dating someone, which it does kind of seem that way because he's on his phone a bunch and is being kind of cagey about it. Um, so this, uh, our first kind of big moment between Harriet and Wynn, it's all these ser- series of small, like, lingering eye contact and flirty comments mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, and I gotta say, I was not sure where this book was going in terms of, like, were they gonna get back together or not. I, like, I, su- I assumed. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. This could go either way. I had the same thought. I was a little worried. Me too. So was Campbell, your mm-hmm. soon-to-be sister-in-law, as we as we learned. Um, but the first kind of big moment that we get, they get trapped in the wine cellar. And I was like, fuck yeah, here we go. <laughs> yes. So, again, this quote-unquote cottage has a wine cellar. That's um, big enough for multiple people to, like, be comfortable in. Yeah, I imagine it's, like, the size of this office. Yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing. Like, this room is, like... What is this, like a 10 by 10 room? If you don't count the closet? Like a, like a 10 by 12. Yeah. So it's like a room that's chilled and it's got a lot of expensive wine in it. Sounds nice. Yeah, sounds great. And they're supposed to get wine to take to wherever their next location is. I the don't The movies? Remember. Was this one they were going to the movies? I don't know. They were going somewhere. They're really going on a picnic or something. One of the oh, traditions. Oh, picnic. Yeah. 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 They were on their way to one of the traditions. Yeah. And... Sabrina sends Harriet to go get a bottle of wine. Wynn is already down there. The fucking door locks. Okay, now I'm saying this out loud and I'm like, okay, there's no way this fucking wine cellar doesn't have an emergency hatch. Like, what? Or like an emergency unlock. Yeah. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. They get trapped Again. in the wine cellar. <laughs> One of them is claustrophobic. It is Win. Yeah. And this is where I was like, oh, this isn't romantic. He's having a legitimate panic attack. Right. Because he got trapped under armoire yeah something like that some large piece of furniture that fell on him yeah his parents and him are furniture makers and he got trapped under one and was stuck there for four hours but they also finally have like a real conversation in the wine cellar yes of instead harriet's been kind of like getting back at win and like overtly flirting with him and whatnot and so they finally have a conversation that is a little more grounded in where they are right now and one, she's also trying to calm him down because he is freaking out that mm-hmm. they're trapped in the wine cellar, which, like, fair enough. I would probably freak out, too. Neither of them have their phones. They're, like, upstairs. I think it depends on how... Because I'm claustrophobic, but if I were trapped in a room this size, I think I would feel okay. I think I would have to not think about it. Right. Because they're not sure if everyone's left. True. And they have no way to... They have, like, an emergency button they can push, but if they push it, the fire department comes. Oh, I would have pushed it. I would have just been like, fuck it. I, yeah, I would have to, like, very much not think about it and chug a bottle of wine, probably. This is exactly the type of thing that would have made, as you know, I have pee anxiety. Mm. It would have ma- it would have made me have to pee immediately. <laughs> so when you drink a bottle of wine and then if you have to, I guess, use that. Yeah. <laughs> There's the an funnel. option. <laughs> But at some, toward the end of them 
finally talking about what's going on and that they are still upset with how things ended, which at this point we don't know why things ended or how yeah. they ended. Uh, Wynne asks Harriet if she's happy and in her head she's like, absolutely not. But she very stubbornly and is like, very stubbornly says yes. And so Wynne is kind of like, okay, good. And yeah. then they get out. Sabrina comes and lets them out. Yeah, they're like, oh shit. Yeah. Where are our Where friends? Where are our friends? <laughs> so they get out of the wine cellar. That kind of ends this first act of the book of just everyone is in a state of discomfort. Yeah. Nothing is great. Yeah. But they have to press on. <laughs> Which, again, this is wild. Yeah, this is like day two of the trip. Yeah. Of presumably like seven, it seems like, somewhere between five and seven yeah. days. It's like a longer trip. It's more than a weekend. So... Then they go to the bar that is in this little town in Maine that I did not look up to see if it was real, but doesn't matter. So yeah, there's some revenge flirting. Yes. Uh, some heavy revenge flirting. Harriet puts on this, I think it's described as like a very tight red dress. I know it's red. Yes, which feels, in my mind, this was a very low-key bar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, girl, this is embarrassing. She's wearing this, like, what feels to be a way over-the-top dress for this both occasion and establishment. I pictured it as one of those, like, bandage dresses from yes. 2010. Yes, <laughs> me too. I don't know why. I don't think Harriet would wear a bandage dress, but that's, like, how I pictured it, too. So, yeah, they they agree to a truce where they're like, we're not going to do this and fuck with each other. Yeah, because um, Harriet's mad at Wynn. Yes. We've kind of gathered at this point that he kind of broke up with her very suddenly and she's not quite sure why still. And so... And we as the reader have no idea why. Yeah. Like, she's we upset. have no information. Yeah. So Other she- than it, he was to blame, at least in terms of like, again, we only get Harriet's inner monologue, so it's what we're working with. Right. But he was the one who did the breaking up. She's still pretty, pretty heartbroken about it. Yes. So... Notably in this section, we get the flashback where everyone discovers that Harriet and Wynne are officially... They get together and everyone discovers they're together and it's the whole thing. Everyone's very happy. They were resisting getting together for like a year and a half. At first, it was because Sabrina kind of liked Wynne. Right. And then it was they were living together during their last year of college and Wynne would kind of, you know, date around and whatnot and they were both just kind of like... Not wanting to ruin the dynamic of living together, which that's a lot of self-control. Those scenes were some of my favorite parts of the book. The flashbacks when they were like flirty, mm-hmm. um, but they hadn't hooked up yet. Like those were some of my favorite parts to read. Yes. At, when they're having their like late night conversations. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was really it was really sweet, and Emily Henry always does a really good job of writing, like, early relationship. Yes. Little yeah. butterflies and whatnot. And so, yeah, during their first trip to Maine, when they had first met, they were staying in the room with the two twin beds, and they would just, like, stay up late talking to each other. And like, was, across the room, yeah. It was really cute. It was really cute. Um, That's when they... I think I was not super sold on them as a couple for a while, too. Me, too, and this was... That's exactly what I was just thinking what yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. Like, I feel like when we started the book, I was like, I don't know why I'm invested in these two people being together. 
I think that is also a little bit why it took me a little bit longer to get into this book because of it being sort of like almost told in reverse. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, You don't get the same like emotional buildup and investment necessarily as you do in other romance novels. Um, So I was very much feeling the same way. I was like, I also was having a hard time with just like, I feel like we didn't know either of them very well in Mm. general. Yes. And I don't think that's like an Emily Henry problem. I think it's a format thing Mm. Mm -hmm. that I was like, I don't, why do I care about any of these people? Yes. I definitely agree with you. I think with Beach Read, people we meet on vacation and book lovers, we spend so much time with January Poppy and Nora just by themselves at first that we really understand who they are. Right. And this since this one jumps directly into the friend trip, we get to know Harriet as it goes along, but we're also getting to know everybody else. And Mm -hmm. I was like, but wait, whose head am I in right now? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like I know her. Yeah. And I think like the form, I was not sold on it until toward the end Mm -hmm. the format like I was at first kind of like I don't know why I'm invested in Harriet I don't know how I feel about her because we didn't know her that well right um which made the choice she makes at the end all the more interesting Mm -hmm. um but yeah I was like I think that's part of why I didn't devour this book as fast as as you did necessarily either because I was just like I don't know. You got to make me care about these people a little more. Right. But I knew the payoff was going to get there because I was like, Emily can't let us down. Nope. So. She didn't let us down. She didn't. No. I, I, I just had a harder time. So in New York, when they first start dating, mm. they are still living with, I believe, Sabrina and Cleo. They're kind of all at this crossroads where Sabrina and Cleo and um, and Harriet are all in grad school. Parth is also in grad school. Uh, Wynne just, I think, lives in New York with them. And then, so they they date and they all live together for a little while. And then Cleo decides, this is where Cleo decides she's going to be a farmer. She was like an right. art student or an artist. And Sabrina and Parth move in together. And then Wynne and Harriet move in together. Mm-hmm. This was a very lovely part of the book. It was. It was really nice. This was the part of I really liked reading these scenes in the book because I really I've learned that I really like books that kind of span big chunks of time like this because I like getting to see people move through their 20s. Mm. Um, and, you know, I am no longer in my 20s. Um, so it's like a nice kind of nostalgic like, oh, Yes. I remember how that feels to move through what is a very like full of change and full of feelings Mm. time of life. Interesting. I feel weird reading it because my early 20s were during the pandemic. Right. And so I kind of lost all of that like three years post-grad, which still was like full of a lot of change and things like that, but it wasn't as like fun and as exciting maybe as right. it should be. And like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So I can't necessarily like regret it, but it is just weird of like, that's what it could have been. You have more friend shenanigans listed here. Yes. I did want to say that in New York when they're living together is when Wynn proposes to Harriet. Mm. 
And this got me for sure. Yes, it was very sweet. It's they're just having like a normal evening in their apartment and he comes back with Chinese food and just asks her to marry him. And yeah. It made me cry. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Um, what what are these friend shenanigans you speak of? Should we talk about any of them? We what can do goes a, on here. We can do a quick rundown of yeah. them. They go to the bookstore. They go to a certain restaurant for brunch. Right. The bar was a shenanigan. There's uh, a boat at some point, right? That's later. That's later. Uh, they go- the, the timeline makes this so hard to remember what happens when. Yes. Also, forgive us. We did read this like a few days ago. Right. So I, you know, we said earlier, or I said earlier to Katie, if I was smart, I would have outlined this as I read it. But yeah, I'm an idiot. Also, my brain wipes itself clean like every 48 hours. <laughs> I just start fresh. It's just an edge of sketch. It just refreshes. Yeah. yeah. Too much in there. Got to yeah. just start over. Uh, they have a competitive grocery shopping trip where <laughs> the same people win every year. Yeah, the the two Parth and Win and Kimmy all take it very seriously, and then Cleo, uh, Sabrina, and Harriet just like browse around, which what I pictured to be the very fancy Whole Foods in downtown Austin. Yes, and pick the good cheese and whatnot. Yes. The other friend shenanigan is that Sabrina, this is where Sabrina really stressed me out, keeps making like passive aggressive comments at Cleo. Mm-hmm. Um, this really stressed me out because Sabrina is so intense in general. And the kind of like crux of it is that Sabrina was going to go visit Cleo at the farm. And like Cleo bailed at the last minute or like wouldn't let her come or something. It was something. Regardless, like, she wouldn't yeah. let her come. Yeah. So the visit didn't happen. Uh, Sabrina keeps making these, like, backhanded comments about Cleo, like, not having time for them and whatnot. And Cleo's just like, I'm fucking busy, man. I'm running a whole farm. Right. Which, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. So. Yes. It's not, you don't, I don't think you get PTO in that job. No, you do not. Yeah. So tensions are brewing a little bit. It's like one of those friendship trips where it's like, everyone's vaguely putting on a very happy face, but everyone is also, like, slightly mad at each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's one of those. Yeah. Um, we get a really nice flashback of Harriet going home to Montana with Wynn, mm-hmm. which you texted me very early on reading this book, We Should Go to Maine. And by the end of the book, I was like, we should go to Montana. Mm. <laughs> it sounds nice. It does sound nice. <laughs> but I'm also like, is it just nice because Wynn's family sounds fucking great? Yes, there is that. There is that. He's got a very lovely mom named Gloria mm-hmm. and then uh, an incredible dad who we don't see a lot of. Great dad character. Makes fucking pour over coffee for everyone one morning. I don't incredible. know. That was that was the detail I got stuck on of like, this man makes pour over coffee for every single person in this house. It's mm-hmm. like eight people. This reminded me of Ryan, who does not drink coffee, but would absolutely do this. It's the kind of dad he's going to be, I feel like. <laughs> Let me make you your own custom beverage. Oh yeah. This also shows a lot about like how Harriet and Wynn are different in the ways that they grew up. Like Harriet has an older sister who she's not close with at all. Mm-mm. And her parents put a lot of pressure on her to kind of be the quote unquote good kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be successful and mm-hmm. do the doctor thing and all that. And she gives them a lot of grace where she's like, they always showed up for me. Um, but she also is like, they shouldn't have been married. Right. It was one of those situations where her mom got pregnant with her older sister in college, and so they got married, and now they are just vaguely unhappy all the time. Right. So it's it's a bummer. 
Right. So then she visits this like loving family and is like, oh, hmm. something else could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets like really upset at one point on the Montana trip of just, just, I think just emotional of like this family welcomed me with open and loving right. arms and my family is just not like that. And it sucks. Yeah. So there's that. Um, then we get, so one of the French shenanigans is that they go to the movie theater. And they get super stoned at the movie theater. Yes. They this, take gummies. Uh, that Kimmy had brought, that she had gotten from like their neighbor or something. That she says are like low dosage, but then after everyone takes them, she's like, y'all, I actually have no fucking idea. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, um, everyone's extremely high. And then they go to the carnival. Which sounds like the best place to be when you're high. I was going to say, this sounds like an anxiety attack waiting to happen for me. No, I think it sounds great. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, everyone's fucking high. Uh, Sounds great. Everyone's in a great mood. It's very funny to read. It is very funny. It also goes on way longer than I thought it would. Yeah, it's like a long scene. Yeah. So they go to the carnival, and they all get on the Ferris wheel, and... Harry. And this is when I'm like, they're going to kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone kisses on the Ferris wheel. It's a rule. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, yeah, Harriet and Wynn have like kind of been kissing throughout, but it's like fake because they have to put it on for their friends. They have to act like everything's fine. And they get on the Ferris wheel and they have a long, high conversation. And it's it's very cute. It's like a nice little romance moment but it's also very funny because they're fucking stoned Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah they're like trying to be genuine but it's also a little off um it's it's very cute then they get back to the house and they actually do like make out for real yeah in front of everyone it's oh it's one of those like deeply sad but yeah because harriet's like i want to kiss him but i feel like he doesn't want to be with me so I'm going to do it in front of everybody so I can. Because then it's like part of the pretend. Yes. Yeah. They are both in this place of where they each think the other is happier without them. Right. And it's just upsetting. Yeah. And again, with every book, I'm like, fucking talk to each other. I know. Just I know. talk to each other. Just tell them how you feel. But then we, when we got to the point where they did talk to each other, I was like, you know what? I do get it. Right. So they make out. And then they start to hook up. And then they're like, oh, God. We can't be together. Terrible idea. Yeah. And yeah. then they stop, which, ouch. This scene was very hot until it wasn't. Yeah. Until <laughs> they had a, a a deep conversation that was just sad. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we kind of get to this act three, sort of. Again, this book is very hard to outline. Yeah. Yeah. We we always try to divide them divide them into to three acts, but this one is really just like 50 acts. Yes. So bear with us. <laughs> yeah. I hope we are getting everything, but Yeah. So so when in a flashback when meets Harriet's parents. Um this was a bummer. Which was a bummer. So Harriet grew up outside of Indianapolis, I want to say. Yes. Definitely in Indiana. Yes. And she and Wynn go to meet her parents. They're already engaged at this point. Right. Too. Um, they have a very uncomfortable dinner with her parents and her older sister. Like, no one seems happy to be there. Wynn is trying his, like, damnedest to... He's being so friendly and, like, asking questions and trying to make conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Just ain't happening. Yeah. Um, they kind of get through it, but at one point, Harriet's mom says to her, like, He's Har- not the one or yeah. something like that. Harriet asks her mom, like, what do you guys think? Like, uh-huh. we're engaged and what, like, what do you think? And she's like, he's nice. Yeah. And Harriet's like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't want you to make a decision like this. Because Wynn in their eyes is kind of a loser. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be a brain surgeon like she right. is. He's just kind of he's he's got big golden retriever energy yes exactly they're like he's nice but like you should probably be setting your sights higher like we just don't really see it yeah and harriet's like heartbroken right and because all she wants is her parents to like approve of her and her decisions and this is like another thing yeah (laughs) ouch yeah it's it's a huge bummer um to her credit, she seems to take it okay. Like, she's bummed out, but it doesn't, like, change anything. Right. In the relationship or anything. Like, like seemingly. Yeah. They so. just talk about it. Um, it's also a big moment of while they're in Indiana, they have this conversation where Harriet's like, promise you'll break up with me or divorce me before we get to that point, like, my parents, where we're just yeah. fucking miserable. And Wynn is like, what do you mean? Like, I'm never going to get to that point. Like, I love you. Like, I'm going to stay with you forever. And Harriet is very much just digging in her heels. Like, no, like, I would rather you end it before we get to this point where we're just stuck together and we're miserable. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, he kind of, like, begrudgingly agrees. Right. He's like, okay, crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But he's also, like, upset. Because he's like, no, I'm all in. What do you mean? Like, that? I'm not going to get to that point. I love you. And... Everything that we know about Wynn and their relationship, Wynn and Harriet's relationship up until then is very much like, no, 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 he is all in. Mm-hmm. He very much feels like this is what he's meant to do is to love Harriet. Mm-hmm. So this is a little heartbreaker when they have this it's conversation. It's really sad. Because I also get that feeling of like, no, it's going to end at some point. Right. Like, yeah, totally. There is going to be a point where you don't want to be with me or you don't love me. And I would rather you cut it loose. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that is, it's deeply relatable to anxious people Um, who host this podcast. Yes, but this is kind of where the cracks start to show in the, where, you know, because it, you can feel that we're getting to the point where like, okay, now we're seeing the flaws in this relationship Mm -hmm. in the flashbacks. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, it's coming. Yeah, there's a lot of tension building up throughout like both both timelines mm-hmm. of you're waiting for the other shoe to drop with them in the present in Maine. And then you're also waiting for like, oh, I know a breakup's coming. Right. And so, when it, when is it? Right. Yeah. So. So back in present day, yeah. Harriet sees a text on Wynn's phone from his mom. And it's like, when are you going to tell her or you have to tell her soon or something like that? Yeah. Which Harriet thinks is about like him dating someone which is absolutely what i would think yes uh because she assumes at this point win has at least told his mother they're not together but he has not no but harriet doesn't know that right and we don't know that yet either we learn that later but yes and then we get this god this is so fucking i hate this i hate this part it's hard to read yeah 
So Harriet gets her residency in San Francisco. And when, again, being just a generally different person is, you know, not in grad school, kind of trying to figure things out. He has this habit of being very self-deprecating, of thinking he's just like, you know, just he thinks of himself very much as like the golden retriever. Like, right. He doesn't think he's very smart. He thinks people just kind of keep him around for a good time. Like, and he kind of leans into it. And so he follows um, he follows Harriet to San Francisco and they continue living together and she's doing her residency. So she's working these really long hours. He's trying to find a job. He can't find one um, except for something that pays minimum wage in like a furniture shop or doing furniture repairs or upholstery or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like that. I, yeah, I think it's upholstery now yes, that you say that. Yeah. That is what it is. And man, it's so fucking sad. Yeah. They're just both kind of on different pages and he's not doing well there. She knows he's not doing well. But she like doesn't have the bandwidth to support him. Because she's just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then they find out his dad dies. I hate it. Yeah. It's tough. And like we knew in the book that his dad had passed away. But this is the moment they find out. And when just falls apart. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. And so then we get back to the present day. And to Harriet's credit, she uh, confronts him about the text from his mom pretty quickly. Oh, God, I couldn't do this. I would just stew on it for days. No, I would do this. I would want to know. I don't know. I'm not going to admit I look at somebody's phone. I feel like they had been together for like eight years. I feel like I... I would have the, I have the right to yeah, look at you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I guess if I saw a text on Ryan's phone, I'd be like, the fuck? Yeah. So, so yes. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, So she confronts him about it and then he's like, no, I'm not seeing anybody. <laughs> I'm actually a bajillionaire. Yeah. So it turns out this man in Montana has been like building these fucking $60,000 tables and selling them. On this, like, beautiful website. And that's the thing that he's been keeping from her. Not that he is in a relationship, that he's wealthy. Yeah, that he's, like, making money Mm. and doing something he's proud of and whatnot. Because the earlier tip-off that made her think that she had a girlfriend was that he bought, which is very funny to me, that he bought this, like, $60 coffee table book about, like, Eames chairs or something. Yeah, and she's like, you would have never done this. Yeah, you don't spend money. Yeah, also a coffee table book. Right. Yeah. So, turns out... Turns out he's making bajillion dollar tables to put those coffee table books on top of. Yeah. So so they talk about that. Yes. And then they have like a real conversation Mm -hmm. that is also full of sexual tension. Yes. And they they both know that each other like wants each other. I'm like, just bang it out, guys. And then they kind of do. And then they kind of do. They do a very responsible thing, though, and they don't have, well... They shower together. But they realize they don't have condoms because why would they have bought, brought condoms on the trip? Yes. So they have a, a, a healthy, responsible amount of self-control. Yes. Good for them. Yes. I knew Emily Henry wouldn't give us a secret baby or a surprise baby. That that may be the day that I'm out. I, so, I, <laughs> I got very nervous for a second. Me too. Or they, uh, I, did too. I got nervous. I did too. We don't like a surprise baby on this podcast. Agree. And as soon as somebody has sex without a condom, 
I'm there's like, a baby. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's like very uh, tense, very hot, very good. They agree they're going to get condoms later and pick this up. Yeah, so they, they, they're they sort of like, they sort of come to this understanding of like, we got to just get this out of our systems. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll do it once or we'll do it while we're here and then that's it. Yeah, they're kind of treating it as like a last hurrah of like, right. now we can lean into this fake relationship that we have right now. Mm-hmm. We still think we can't be together. Yeah, they're like, let's live in our little like happy place bubble. Oh, look at that. Uh, And... Pretend like the real world doesn't exist. Fucking sad. Which always works. Yeah, totally. Every time. Every single time. Sleeping with your ex is always a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every time. Every time. So then we find out why they broke up. Which, oh my God. Ow. Yeah. This is, I'm, I don't know if I've ever been more upset about a breakup in a book. Just because this one was so realistic. And upsetting. Yes. So at this point in kind of the flashbacks, Harriet is living in San Francisco still doing her residency. Um, Wynn has moved back to Montana to care for his mom. Yes. After his dad passed away. And they are just in this point of like they're never talking to each other. They keep postponing visits. They're just not on the same page. And... Harriet genuinely just sounds miserable being in this residency. Yes. And she goes out with one of her, you know, fellow residency friends and he tries to kiss her and she's like, what the fuck? No, I'm engaged. And the friend is like, what do you mean? That guy? Like, why? Basically. Right. And so she calls Wynn immediately and tells him what happened. And Wynn just breaks up with her. Like, on the spot, like, doesn't ask follow-up questions. It's just like, okay, it's over. And then ships her a box of her fucking stuff. And she, that's it. Yeah, she gets it two days later. Like, yes. He, he fl- overnighted it. Yeah. He paid that $50 at UPS and yes, overnighted it. He absolutely did. With his table money. With his <laughs> Is he making table money at this point? I don't know. It's even worse if he's not. If he's not. Ow. Yeah. Man, this is fucking sad. It's so sad because it's like such a... Because in these books, we get the dumbest reasons that people get in fights. And this is just such a like... It's kind of dumb because I'm like, why didn't you ask? Why didn't y'all talk about it or whatever? But it's also real. Yes. Because it's also like this was the straw that broke the camel's back, basically. I think one of the more heartbreaking things of like watching them kind of break up in slow motion in these flashbacks is... Harriet talks a lot about how she was also grieving Wynn's dad, but she didn't want to show it with him because before they had decided he was going to move back to Montana, he was just, you know, kind of paralyzed by grief. And right. And she's kind of like, what claim do I have to Wynn's dad when it's Wynn's dad? Yeah. Like, how am I allowed to be sad? And so she's like crying in the shower and hiding it from him. And even just God, the worst one was when... She talks about how he would come home late at night or maybe it was vice versa. I don't know. But she would pretend to be asleep and hear him like crying on the mm-hmm. other side of the bed. Man, it's just fucking hard. It's it's really it's really so sad. And I feel like. You know, this book is very much like. 
you know, they say they say it's like easy, they, whoever they is, is like the the general idea is that it's like easier to leave than to like stay and fight mm. for the relationship, and that's just like the whole kind of like vibe of this breakup. Yeah, is that it feels insurmountable, right? Which is just like very real and very sad, mm-hmm. and is like the reason a lot of relationships end. Yeah. Like they t- they kind of talk about it of like, you know, they kind of put off planning their wedding mm-hmm. and like let a deposit go by and Harriet didn't want to bother win with things and just kind of shoved it all in. And yeah, it's just like very real. It's just it's just like normal life stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, <laughs> we come back to Maine. Yeah. It's like fucking whiplash. Yes. This book is a lot of emotional whiplash at times. This scene pissed me the fuck off. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. That Sabrina is like, I made us appointments to get tattoos. Yes, so it's their collective, like, bachelorette, bachelor party. They're all just doing it together. And Sabrina is like, I've got a surprise for all of us. And then they go to a tattoo studio. This is just, okay, it pissed me off, but also this is like, Yet again, another example of like, I'm like Sabrina because I'm like, everyone do this. Do mm-hmm. it. It's going to be great. Yeah. I could mm, I could kind of see both of it. Yeah. I mm, Yeah. I mean, but it is also a wild thing to just be like, yeah, six people are going to get matching tattoos without any discussion ahead of time. And they're not all like Katie, who has a bunch of tattoos. Right, exactly. Yeah, get a tattoo like, for any reason. Right, like if someone was like, I made us appointments to get tattoos, I'd be like, okay, let's fucking go, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really awkward. And Cleo's like, no. Cleo's also like mad tattooed. Yes. We learn. Yes. Cleo is the one who's like, no, I'm not doing that. You didn't ask us. Right. Like this, like, yes, we've talked about getting matching tattoos for years, but like this needs to be a group decision, not you just steamrolling us. Right. And Sabrina's like, I've had them like leave it open for us and whatnot. And like, I already paid for it and everything. And Cleo's like, like, no, no I'm one not- asked you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it turns into a big fight where everybody is right and everybody is wrong. Yeah. Everyone's just like airing their grievances, but nothing comes to a resolution. So we find out Sabrina's being so batshit because she feels like everyone is just, like, coming apart. Like, pulling apart. away from her. Yes. Pulling away from each other. Right. Of, like, Cleo's upstate, you know, being so busy with her farm. Harriet's in San Francisco, you know, doing her residency or whatever. Um, Wynn is in Montana. And so she just feels like she's not important. And then it comes out that she's known about Harriet and Wynn being broken up the entire time. Right, because she's like, obviously I fucking knew you were acting so weird. Yeah, and Parth had seen a text message on Wynn's phone. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Of where he had typed out an apology to her. That he never sent. That he never sent. And so she and Parth have just been sitting on this information and just kind of like forcing them together. And Harriet is like... This is also unbelievable because if this happened in our friend group, I would be like, yo, guess what? (laughs) To yes. another friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like. At what, least what, for advice to be like, what do I do? Right. How do we deal with this? What's, yeah. What's the move? Yeah. I also think that this 
as much as this is a romance novel, this is like a book about these friends, right? And so I think one of the things that I really liked about this book, like I said, is that it's kind of told over the course of their 20s mm-hmm. and the evolution of their friendship. And they're all like pushing 30 now, right? They're like late 20s, mm-hmm. around 30. And this is a thing that just like th- this is when I'm going to pull the I'm older than you card, which I mm-hmm. try to not do often. But like there's a point in your late 20s that happens for everyone that you're like, my friends and I just can't be as close as we used to be because we've all got other things going on. Yeah. And it might happen for different people at different ages or whatever. But like. For me, it was in my late 20s, and I feel like for a lot of people it is. Mm. And it's like, you know, we've all got partners and, you know, our jobs are becoming more important because we're all kind of moving up our respective ladders and, like, whatever. People have babies, people, you know, whatever. And there's this, like, moment where you're like, nothing's ever going to be the same as it was before. Mm -hmm. And so, like, watching Sabrina go through this, I'm like, yeah, that just... It's just what happens. Yeah. Which is like awful, but also life. And then you just adjust and your friendships change and that's fine and great. Yeah. But it's a hard thing to reckon with when it's happening. And I think especially for Sabrina as a character who doesn't really have a good family relationship and whatnot. Right. She doesn't have other people she can lean on, Mm -hmm. which is probably why she's like, Parth, let's get married. I need stability. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Parth even recognizes that at one point because he had proposed to her. She had said no. She proposed to Parth and he also said no because he was like, you just found out about the cottage being sold. You are just, this is a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, you're making an impulsive decision. Yes. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, she actually for real proposed to him and he's like, okay, now 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 I believe you. Yeah, Yeah, now I believe you. But that's very much what she's doing here. She's just like trying to hold everything together and not realizing that like people just change and evolve and your friendships when you're 30 are not the same as when you're 20. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is upset for correct reasons. Harriet's mad that Sabrina has been like forcing her and Wynn together. And Sabrina thinks that it's just because Harriet can't commit. Right. When it's a lot more complicated than that. Cleo is upset because Sabrina doesn't understand. I've got a lot of shit going on. I'm running a farm. Right. Like, Cleo is like, yo, you are not my priority, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, we're still friends, but this things are just not the same. Right. Like, they're not going to be the same as they were when we were 19. And that's just how it is. Cleo is very well adjusted in this. Yes. And she communicates it well, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um... So, yeah, everyone's mad at each other for, like, very valid reasons, and it's, yeah, it's upsetting. It is upsetting. And then Cleo and Kimmy are like, we're gonna leave. Yeah. And everyone goes to bed angry. Yeah. And it's upsetting. Except Wynn and Harriet bang. Finally bang it out. Like, all night. Get it out of their system all night long. Yeah. Because they're not mad at each other. They are kind of like, this is weird. Right. This isn't great. The individual couples aren't mad at each other, but everyone else is mad at each other. Yeah, it is very much units against units. Yeah. (laughs) So, which, yeah, saying it out loud, it is like you're watching this evolution of Cleo, Sabrina, and Harriet where they had started all individuals. Mm -hmm. And now they're all in different units and all the units are mad at each other. 
because they're not all individuals anymore. I'm not right. wording this the way I want to. But. No, you're totally right. I was just thinking about how like in in like premarital counseling and stuff, like our counselor was like, you're not like everything else is second now. This mm-hmm. is first. Yeah. Like your your parents are now your secondary family. This is your primary family. Yeah. And every everything else comes after this. And she was like, even kids, like that's like your 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 marriage is the first thing. Yeah. And that's what all of this kind of felt like to me was that and like the challenge of recognizing that that's true, which is still hard. It's still hard for me. Mm. Still hard for Ryan. Like it's still a thing. Yeah. I think it is hard forever. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this, too, in the book is. Something Sabrina has not figured out. Yes. Like, Cleo and Kimmy have been together for a long time at this point. Um, Wynn and Harriet have also, you know, even if they're not together right now, have already kind of done this. Right. Sabrina is the one who is learning this lesson. I feel like Sabrina's still putting her friendships first instead of her partner. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. is, which is good to a, to a point, because it's when you make the decision to commit to someone for the rest of your life that that's when that switches, you know? I feel yeah. like. Man, this is a weird book to read right now. I know. Yeah. I'm giving you free premarital counseling. I paid <laughs> many hundreds of dollars for Thank the you, advice Katie. that I just gave you. Wow. Yeah. Uh, buy something from our bookshop for that free advice I just gave you. Yep. Toss us 15 cents. Um. So then we find out that Cleo is pregnant. Yeah. Which I did not see coming. No, I literally, I was laying on my floor foam rolling as I was reading this part <laughs> and I literally gasped and Austin was like, what's going on? And I was like, Cleo is pregnant. Because Cleo is also sober. So the yes. fact that she wasn't drinking didn't signify anything out of the normal. Right. So Harriet gets up the next morning after she and Wynn have been banging all night. Wynn's still asleep. She goes and she's like, I'm going to get a little peace offering. And she goes to get coffee for everybody. Mm-hmm. Which is very nice. This would this would work on me. Walks to the like coffee shop down the street. My fucking dream is to have a coffee shop down the street. So she, Cleo also had the same idea. And so they run into each other at the coffee shop. And she and Cleo, Harriet and Cleo have a nice little heart to heart on the bench outside. And Cleo is like, yeah, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Which, yeah, none of us saw and coming. And like freaks the fuck out, obviously. Right. And it turns, so they have a nice little conversation about it. And then they, I think they talk about Sabrina a little bit and they're kind of like, yeah, she's a little batshit, but like, we get it. Right. And Sabrina. Yeah, they're like, she's going through some shit. Yeah. And so this is Sabrina and Parth's wedding day too. And they had planned, Sabrina had planned these like special little Mm-hmm. outings for each person yeah like each person gets their own individualized like alone time mm-hmm. and so harriet goes to the address that was one list. two three easy lane yes <laughs> that's right and they frequently lament that it is not easy street which is a very like emily henry joke yes yes <laughs> the emily henry heads snow. yeah um and she goes and it's a pottery studio this got me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Harriet mentions a little bit throughout the book that she started doing pottery and she's like, I'm not good. It's just something that I really like doing. It turns my brain off and whatnot. Um, she like mentions it's really helped her since she and Wynn broke up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I mentioned it to Sabrina maybe twice. And she sent me here. 
And while she's in this pottery studio where Sabrina has booked her out like four hours to just kind of go and throw clay, whatever they call it. I think it's throwing clay. Yeah, thanks. That feels right. Yeah. So while she's there just kind of doing her thing or whatever, she has this epiphany where she's like, I fucking hate being in residency. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't like my job. I don't like medicine. I don't like surgery. I don't want to do any of it. I didn't see this at all coming. It was a little upsetting. And I don't really know why. I think it is upsetting because we are people who have worked toward a goal for a long time and having to come to the realization of that goal is not working for us is a very scary thought. Yeah. I had this thought of I would never do this. I would absolutely never come to that realization where I would quit. No. Um, if I was in residency. Cause it's mostly because it's embarrassing. Mm. I would feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And that's like the main motivator. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This, I don't know. It, it It made me very uncomfortable, which I suppose was probably on purpose. Yeah, it's... I had this thought while I was reading it and I was like, if I was Harriet and I had gone through medical school and Mm -hmm. I had taken on all this debt and I was far enough into my residency that I were that I was in residency in San Francisco, which is presumably a pretty big hospital and probably pretty prestigious, prestigious. I would imagine. Right. I would never quit. I wouldn't. I would press on. And I would be miserable and let myself be miserable. Yeah, I just hate myself forever. That's exactly what I would do. Yep. And Harriet's like, no, I don't want to do that. And, and she, she, she just does it. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So then as she's having this epiphany and like crying, which, yeah, I would cry yeah. too. Um, she's like elbow deep in clay sobbing. Yeah. Basically. Wynn shows up and they both kind of have little epiphanies. Wynn is one of those people who always feels like he's going to fail, so he doesn't want to try. And they have this very nice moment, both at, you know, playing around with the Claire or whatever, where Harriet's just like, just try it. You don't have mm-hmm. to be good at it. You don't have to do it correctly. Like, you don't have to feel stupid. I am having an uncomfortable moment where I am seeing myself in this moment. Yeah. Where I don't like to do things I'm not good at. Yup. <laughs> I said that to my therapist yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have had these moments like a couple times where, no, I don't like to do anything I think I'm going to be bad at. And Wynn is on the side of he just assumes he's not going to be good at anything. And right. so, and he just leans into that and is like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Whatever. It's cool. I'm fun to be around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. But I don't know what else to say about it. It's not a fun feeling. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. But they have a conversation where Harriet's like, what if I want to be with you? What if I want to move to Montana? And Wynn is like, you can't do it just because you think that's what I want you to do. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. You're not picking up what I'm saying. Yeah. I hate all of this Mm -hmm. i want to move to montana and he's like no yeah and she's like okay so then they all get back to the house and fucking sabrina's missing 
<laughs> Sabrina is a little... On her wedding day. On her wedding day. They all get back from their little surprises or whatever. Wynn had done something else before he met Harriet at the... I think he went kayaking or something like that. Uh-huh. Some, some, yeah, some outdoorsy man thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they all get back to the house and Parth's like, I don't know where Sabrina is. And everyone's like, fuck. So, of course, they all split up. And Cleo and Harriet find her at this chapel where her dad and her mom had gotten married. Mm-hmm. And it's like the one very happy memory from her childhood. And they have a nice little friendship moment of like... Yeah, it's just like the OG three mm-hmm. girls chatting. Yep. And they have a good moment of like, we're always going to be friends. We're always family. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're just at a different point in life. Because Sabrina's doing the thing where she's freaking out because she's about to get married. Valid. Yeah. So. So everything's fine. They smooth it out. They have their nice little wedding. I'm sure. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Everyone's doing great. Everyone makes up. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, and then, like, literally the next day, they're like, all right, time to go home. Why wouldn't you do the wedding early in the week and then the rest of the week is just fun? That is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do the stressful thing last? Do the stressful thing first and then enjoy yourselves. That's a great question because also I feel like it'd be very anticlimactic to build up to this wedding and then suddenly like, all right, time to go home. You wake up and fly out the next morning and be like, okay, we got to check out by 11 or yeah. whatever. Well, that sucks. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, Harriet and Wynn also had had this lovely night together. Mm-hmm. Harriet gets up this morning or the next morning and just, like, kind of quietly leaves. She doesn't want to say goodbye to Wynn. Yeah, because the, remember, they've, like, had this. They're like, okay, this is our last hurrah mm-hmm. kind of thing. She goes to the airport and... And, uh, yeah, she has a second epiphany where she's like, no, I want to move to Montana. Right. She was like, not because of him, but also because of him. But but like, this is I, what I, I just want. want to. Yeah. Like all of my happy memories are also in Montana. Right. I want to be with Wynn and his mom. Yeah. So she runs out of the airport and Wynn is there and he's like, you didn't say goodbye. And she's like, actually, I want to move to Montana. And then they have a nice happy reunion. Right. And he's like, OK, <laughs> it's it's very cute. And so then Harriet's got to do the hard work of telling her parents she's dropping out of her residency. Um, she tells her sister, mm-hmm. who is somebody who she has never felt close to because uh, her sister has kind of gone against her parents, is a makeup artist, mm-hmm. is kind of doing her own thing. And Harriet tells her, like, I'm dropping out of med school or I'm dropping out of my residency. And Eloise is like, how's mom doing? Is she freaking out? And Harriet's like, yeah. And Eloise sends her this very long and lovely message of like, I resented you because of this and this and this, but also it is not your job to manage our mom's expectations. Right. She's basically like, I'm proud of you for like finally doing what you want to do. Yeah. So that's nice. It is nice. Then her parents like kind of come around on it. Her mom helps her move out of San Francisco to Montana. Mm-hmm. She moves to Montana. She and when set another wedding date, and they kind of live happily ever after. How do we feel that it's a barn wedding? <laughs> I know. It was so unexpected. But they live in Montana. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Like, well, we live in Texas. Neither of us getting married in a barn. I, yeah. We're not barn wedding people. I got married in an in a auto <laughs> repair shop. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what it used to be. Yeah, so it all ends... Fine. Very cleanly. Yeah, very cleanly. 
which was where I was like, this is not realistic. Mm-hmm. Her and her mom are supposed to fight more. Yeah. Also, this is too. Also, you pulling out of your residency, I think, is probably a little less easy than this seems. We wouldn't know. I I, w- I wouldn't know, but quitting any job is hard. So I did watch some TikToks about a girl who quit her PhD program, and I imagine it's kind of similar. Yeah. Which, ouch, it's again. difficult. Yeah. So overall, okay. A, overall thoughts. B, where does it rank in the Emily Henry verse for you? The, give me the ranking first. Ooh, the ranking. Okay. Uh, Do you want mine first? Yeah, I want yours first. My, it's uh, below. So first is Beach Read, obviously. Second is Book Lovers. And this one's next. And then it's still people we meet on vacation at the bottom. This might be at the bottom for me. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't. I've only read People We Meet on Vacation once when it first came out long ago. So I feel like maybe I would have to reread it to give a proper ranking. I think I and I want to caveat this with I still loved it. It's an Emily Henry book. I'm always going to be on board. Yes. The word it's it's as we said about Taylor Swift, the worst Emily Henry book is still an Emily Henry book. It's still incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not going to talk about but the way she writes her humor. It's it's all up my alley. Yeah. Great. I think this one was just really hard for me to read right now. Yeah. This came at a weird time of, one, it is just like very melancholy. And I feel also kind of terrible throwing it at the bottom because Emily Henry has talked so much about how nervous she was to put this one out Mm -hmm. and how nervous she was about people liking Harriet, um, liking the characters, knowing it was a little bit I like Harriet. And I like the characters. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think that it starts with a breakup was tough for me. That it starts with an engagement that's called off is tough for me right now. Mm-hmm. Just because that is such a scary thought. Right. For me at the moment, in general, as an engaged person. Again, I still love it. I want to move to Maine. Yeah. But I, I think it might currently be at the bottom. I also really like people we meet on vacation. That I a, do too. Again, yeah. the worst Emily Henry book is still an Emily Henry book. Yeah. So like ranking them feels very arbitrary, but um I think I would have to revisit People We Meet on Vacation because it's the furthest from my memory mm. of any Emily Henry books. Yes. I think Harriet too is the heroine I have least identified with. I think that's reasonable. I, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Like I could see myself at points for sure. And not that I need to see myself in every person in every book, but... But Emily Henry has written heroines that we do identify with, and so when we don't identify as much, it's a difficult comparison. Mm, yeah. What are your kind of overall thoughts? I like... Well, I I mean, I feel like I've I pretty much said everything that I was thinking, which is that this was hard... It was harder for me to get into because of the format. Mm-hmm. As much as I like a second chance, I always feel like they've got something to prove to me, Mm. you know? Yeah. Because I feel like it's harder for me to be invested in a second chance. But when a second chance pays off, it pays off. Yeah. And yeah, I was already feeling kind of melancholy um, in our our post-Eras tour life uh, when I picked this up. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was a little resistant to it because I was like... I already kind of feel bad. Don't make me feel worse. Mm, So 
So yeah, I'd like to revisit it again when I'm a little uh, more emotionally stable. Campbell, before my soon-to-be sister-in-law, before she picked it up, asked me how it was, and I was like, it's a little, it's a little sad. Yeah, like sadder than her other ones. And Campbell was like, do they not get together? I was a little nervous. Oh yeah, this was in our group chat. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, a little yeah. nervous at one point that they it would end without them getting back together. I, I, I really thought it was. And then in that same group chat when you were like, no, it's a happy ending, I was like, whew, okay. I, yeah. Like, it, it, you think it's obvious. It's not obvious when you read the book. Well, I've read some that I thought were going to be straightforward romances. And then I'm like, what the fuck do you mean they don't end up together? That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know. Yeah. Even, even like talking about this one, I'm just kind of like, it's not that I feel lukewarm about it. It's just I feel sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard of it's just emotional mm-hmm. of it's just a sad it's a sad book. It just yeah. is. Like it ends on a great note, but the journey to get there is just tough. It's just a lot of like, this is what your life is like when it's changing this much. Yeah. And I think it's like the, you know, with n- quote unquote normal romance novels, the emotional arc starts low Mm -hmm. and then we go up 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 Mm. because we're working up toward them meeting them kissing them hooking up them getting together them admitting feelings them saying i love you like whatever it is like starts at this baseline and then it's like all right it's like this consistent upward slope yeah and this one is very much not like that right and so you go in with the expectation of like i'm reading a romance novel this is candy this is positive feelings this is happy this is love and then it's not that exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. This one was tough. It's still great. Still yeah. loved it. I would just maybe, this one will take me a little while to revisit. Which, I can't remember, which Taylor Swift song did Emily compare this to? Mirrorball. I was literally about to ask you about this. Yeah. She called Harriet her Mirrorball girly. And I was thinking about that while I was reading the book. Yeah, a that's lot. interesting. That's valid. I see it. It's also big, this is me trying energy. Mm, yep. I was also thinking about this is me trying as I was reading this book. Yeah. Um, but Harriet is a Mirabal girl. You're right. Yeah. Any final thoughts? I mean, we've been here a long time. We have, but to be expected with our yeah. girl Emily. What are you reading right now, Abigail? I'm... Oh, I think I said this the last episode, too. I was in a beach read reread. Oh, yeah. I'm still kind of in it. I'm about to start Romantic Comedy by... Curtis Sittenfield? Yes. I'm about to start it. I literally picked up my Kindle two days ago to start it, and it was dead. So I had to charge (gasps) it. I know. A tragedy. I know. I was in bed, and I was like, I'm going to get in bed. I'm going to read for a little while, and then I fucking pick up my Kindle, and it's like charged. I would rather my phone be dead than my Kindle. I haven't picked up my Kindle in a little while, I guess. I've been reading like more print stuff. Yeah, that's true. So that was a sad surprise. So I'm about to start that. I also have romantic comedy and I want to pick that up soon. Yeah, it was a book of the month pick. I have the arc for it. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. It sounds up my alley. I've heard good things. Mm, Okay, that's exciting. What are you reading? I'm reading the latest Maisie Eddings book, The Plus One which I really, 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 really like. And as I mentioned on this podcast before, 
I did not like Maisie Edding's first book in this series, Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake, because it is a surprise pregnancy one. Yes. And Lizzie Blake annoyed the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. But then the second one in the series I really liked, A Brush With Love, the dentist one. That's right. That I found very cute. This one is the best one because... It's like a my brother's best friend <gasps> like kind of situation. Okay. I just feel like Maisie Eddings has like really like hit her stride, come into her own. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. It's really, really fun. And it's a wedding one because her brother is getting married and shenanigans ensue. Of course. It's very fun. Oh, I'm reading the new Sarah Penner book, which I got for my book of the month and I guess March or April. March? I don't know. Um, but um, Sarah Penner wrote The Lost Apothecary, which I really liked. Mm, yes. And so this one is The London Seance Society, which I don't like as much, but it's still very good. Sarah Penner's a great author. I'm a fan. I'm always going to pick it up. Um, but this one is not nearly as good as The Lost Apothecary. Mm. I have The Lost Apothecary. I've said this on the podcast, and I need to pick it up. The Lost Apothecary, I really, really liked it. This one's not as good, but I think she flew too close to the sun with the first one. I think if I had read this one first, I would love it. Yeah. But, you know. It's like how we started the podcast with book lovers. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) right. We flew too close to the sun. That's exactly it. But Carly Fortune's new book Mm -hmm. just came out this week, Meet Me at the Lake. I... Like every summer after was one of my favorite books of last year. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to stop everything that I'm doing and read the book that just came in the mail today. Mm, all right. And it's pink. Looking ahead. I think our next plan is we're doing a reread. It is a reread of The Unhoneymooners, I think, is what we're planning, right? Yes. So we have two summer rereads coming up. Yeah. One of which is going to hopefully excite and delight all of you. As much as it excites and delights me. Katie's very excited. I'm so excited. Um, Okay. So in June, we're reading The Unhoneymooners, which is a reread for us. It is Real Ones Know, the origin story of our friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And we haven't done a Christina Lauren on the pod. No, we haven't. And we haven't done a reread on the pod. Nope. So we're doing that in June. And then in July, (laughs) (laughs) we're doing another reread. With a special twist. Yes. We are asking our significant others, both straight men, um, to read Tessa Bailey's It Happened One Summer. And we're going to see what happens. And we're going to have them on the pod. And Ryan is preemptively embarrassed. Austin is excited. Yeah, that's the general... That's all you need to know about their personalities. It explains (laughs) a lot, knowing those two facts. Right. I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be very it's it's kind of just an exercise and like finally they will get to see what it is that we read all the time. Yeah. And I'm hoping they will have some good insightful things somewhat to say as men who do not read romance. Yeah. I think it's going to end up us being us interviewing them um, for the most part. Yeah. But Austin's good at speaking extemporaneously. Ryan's a nervous boy. Yeah. So. Oh. It's okay. We'll we'll make sure they have a beer beforehand. Exactly. We'll get a little loosened up. Yeah. But yeah, big big summer ahead for the 50% girlies. Yeah. We have to pick some new reads for the summer, but we're definitely doing those two rereads. So um, mm-hmm. 
reread or pick them up the first time if you haven't done it. And if you have recommendations for stuff you want us to read later this year, we're still planning out the rest of the year. So let us know. Yeah, we're we're about to be in peak romance season for this. Yes, so. that's why that Carly Fortune book came in. I was like, it's 90 degrees today. It's sunny. Meet me at the lake. Indeed, yes. Carly. Yes, <laughs> it's about time I do every summer after too. Maybe I will take that one. For you my can take it read. home. Yeah, that it's might be my, my France boat read. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, awesome. Well, we will see you all on the other side. When our next episode releases, Abigail will be in France. I will. I will be in California. Yep. You will hear us. You will not see us. Nope. <laughs> Have, uh, you know. Happy May. Happy May. I suppose. I was like, is it May? It is. Yeah. We're four days in. It's May. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Bye, guys. Bye.